You're listening to Noted Conversations and I'm your host, Lisa. Noted Conversations is a fun podcast series that focuses on real life and everyday experiences. Think of this podcast as a DM session that keeps on giving. The podcast series will help bring those aha moments and personal experiences that are super relatable to the women of today. Each episode will be a dedicated topic of its own. Nothing is censored and nothing is off limits. If you're looking for wholesome and authentic content, you're in the right place. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. No, this is the first episode of Noda Conversations, the first official episode of my podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today is my birthday. So I'm actually pre-recording this um, because I decided that the first episode of um, Nota Conversations will be released on my 26th birthday. So today's episode is quite special because it's the first one. And also today's episode is going to be about 26 lessons learned in 26 years. So I've actually um, did a lot of thinking about what I'll be talking about in today's podcast. And I pretty much opened up my notes app on my iPhone And I wrote down a list of 26 lessons that I believe I think are very valuable and are really important lessons that I've learnt. So let's jump into my 26 lessons that I've learned in 26 years. So this is going to be a long one. So if you want to like listen to this on your walk home from work or on the way to work when you're driving or at the gym, this is probably the best podcast episode to listen to because it's going to be a long one. So lesson one, honesty is the best policy. I think this is like such a big one because I, I've i had so many situations where like probably mostly at work where I've made a lot of mistakes and it's obviously inedible and I've actually recently made a very big boo-boo at work. Um, it was just, it's, it's just where I accidentally sort of I sent an email that had like the incorrect information in it and um, I recently was watching a video with Maya Angelou and she's always said, you do right. And I actually wrote that on a post-it note and that's on my desk at work. And when I made this like mistake at work, I looked at the post-it note and I was like, okay, the only thing I have to do is come clean to it. Like obviously I don't believe in lying. I don't believe, I do not tolerate lying and I believe that you just have to be upfront about everything. So I went to my colleague and I obviously, as soon as it happened, I said, hey, look, I've done this mistake. I'm owning up to it. I'm going to take responsibility and this is what I've done to solve the problem. Um, I feel like honesty is the best policy because if you aren't honest with maybe mistakes you've done or with yourself, you're just probably going to dig yourself a bigger hole and it's not going to get you anywhere. Lesson number two, laughing makes you live longer and it makes you feel good. I am notorious for having a very distinct laugh and I'm pretty sure that anybody of my friends and family that listen to to me saying that will agree. My laugh, it's, I can't even describe it, but it's very, it's very unique. I feel like this is going to be so weird to describe when I laugh. I feel like I'm laughing through my nose. So it's a bit nasally. And it looks, oh, the other thing is when I laugh, it kind of looks like, sounds like I'm crying. But the thing is, I believe laughing is such a good thing for you. It's good for the mind. It's good for your body. It's good for your soul. 
and I try to I try to aim to laugh like really hard like at least multiple times a week because it brings you so much joy okay number three gratitude can get you through adversity this is something that I started like getting into in like almost two years ago um to like may this year so about two years ago i um you know went through a really tough breakup and it was so hard for me and you know when you're in a really bad place like when you're in a very dark place you start googling like you know questionable things online or you start quite like googling things like how to get out of this how to and i came across gratitude um i came across gratitude i think with through um I think it was through Lavender, who's like a self-development YouTuber. She does a lot of self-growth content. I think it's Lavender or Oprah, probably one of the two, someone who's very inspiring. And um, basically the concept is you write three things that you are grateful for, for that day in a journal, because the concept really is about being fulfilled by what you have than what you don't have. And when you look at the things that you already have, your life just becomes that more richer and more fulfilling. And I started doing that every day and I couldn't, and as soon as I got into it, like after a month or two, I couldn't even stop at three. I started writing more things and it's even little things down to like being grateful about the weather, being grateful for the fact that you came to work on time, being I was really grateful. I've been grateful for two years to be able to work in um, North Sydney where like the view outside my window is is the water like I'm just so grateful for that I get to travel into the city for work so just little things like that really help change your mindset and when I started doing gratitude I started to feel better I started to feel like what I was missing because obviously I was going through a breakup it just it started to become less important and the things that I had in my life already like the fact that I had family and friends that were supporting me the fact that I had a really cool job um, this hobby that I had everything just became into perspective and it really helped me get through adversity um, I this year itself I started the year so tough like I went through personally I went through something really shit and um, I knew that I really had to amp up you know, the self-care and the self-compassion, especially. And what I thought I would do, I would turn that pain into something positive. So, um, you know, because I decided to, you know, create more content with authenticity and vulnerability and intention, I decided to start a 30 days of gratitude challenge on my blog. So you can actually view that on my blog. I've already finished that on the 9th of February. I did my 30 days of gratitude where I um, posted um, an entry every day. And I really do believe in gratitude. I think it's really important. And if it's something that you want to try, just start off something really simple, like writing one thing that you're grateful for that day. And then you can amp it up to three and then you can just keep going every single day. And it's, it's, it's really changed my life. Number four, dress for yourself and nobody else. Oh, this one, this one has taken, took me so long for so many years to actually be really comfortable with the way I dress like I remember in high school um, and I'm sure everyone goes through this when you're in high school you don't really know who you are you don't know your identity and obviously you go by what the crowd goes like goes with and I really struggled with how I felt about myself and for some reason it was always about what I wore that made me feel insecure and then as I grew older as I became an adult um, 
going through, I guess, my early 20s and really discovering myself, I found that no one actually really cares about what you wear because they're worrying about themselves. Um, so I learned very, very, very recently, I guess, in like the last few years that it's just more important to just see yourself because at the end of the day, you will be going to sleep with yourself and you need to be happy with yourself. So that's really important. Number five, don't do something for the sake of it. So that pretty much kind of just like flows into what I was saying before. Um, there's been so many things that I've done just for the sake of it. Like um, probably like an example would be going out just, just because it's a Saturday night and I felt like it was kind of lame just staying in on a Saturday night or not going out um, with friends to the pub or to the bar. Um, I've posted content for the sake of it. And there's been so many times where I've done that as well because just the feelings of pressure of having to post something just to be consistent with it. Um, and I've learned that at the end of that, it really, it's not genuine, it's not authentic and it's just not real. So you just need to do what you want to do if, if that's, you know, if it feels right. So don't do something just for the sake of it. Do something that you truly want to do that you feel 100% about. Number six, crying is the best way to let emotions out and it's okay not to be positive all the time. That's a really long, really long lesson, but I think it's really important. Um, you know, going through, I've, I've gone through a lot of adversity in my life. I've, I've had a very, you know, um, I've grown up with a broken family. My childhood was quite difficult, um, you know, dealing with that. Um, and, you know, high school was in itself was a bit of a challenge for me and my 20s, my early 20s, honestly to my to 25, I've been dealing, I don't know, the first five years of my life has been dealing with just relationship problems after relationship problems and I always try to avoid my feelings and I, I think I'm only just coming to, to like being honest with myself about it now but I really did suppress a lot of those feelings. Like it was, I think the reason why I suppressed my feelings was because I was afraid of feeling them and I remember um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast I went through a really tough breakup about two years ago um, I just re remember that the day after my ex-boyfriend had broken up with me I couldn't contain the, the the tears like it just came out and I was at the station on my way to work and guys I kid you not I was actually bawling and wailing in front of strangers and um at the time like I think they were just so scared of me because I was just so like I was just crying that they didn't do anything I, I was kind of ignored the whole time and I think I mean you know when I see someone crying I do ask if they're okay but I think when you see someone in distress you are scared yourself just because you don't know what to do but after crying in public like that I kind of felt like okay this actually made me feel better because all these emotions that I tried to suppress wouldn't contain themselves inside anymore. So they just had to come out in one way or another. And ever since then, if I have to cry in public, I'm, I will cry in public. Like I am not embarrassed at all. Actually, in fact, in general, I don't get embarrassed easily, to be honest, in public. Like if my friends make fun of me, I don't really care. But um, I, when I've had my sad days, I find crying is so therapeutic. And I, I've actually just learned now recently that feeling your feelings is so important just to process what you're going through especially if you're dealing with like a relationship breakup or even um say you know work is not going well and maybe you got fired or a project you're working on is failing anything to do with that sort of adversity 
is so important to sort of go through that grief process and just mourn the loss. Number seven, don't follow the crowd. So this is kind of like me going back to number four saying dressing for yourself, but don't follow the crowd is basically my lesson of like not following what other people are doing, not influence, like not try to get influenced by other people. So I would say definitely in, you know, up until this point now, um, it's come, it's been brought to my attention that I tend to get influenced by a lot of other people's opinions about what they say. I tend to run to my friends for advice and, you know, sometimes that can be good, but at the same time, you're not actually looking within yourself and looking at your inner compass to, to drive your thoughts and to drive your decisions. And sometimes you really need to just look into yourself and ask what you need to do to solve a problem. And it's not even just that as well. It's even also um, just working on your own individuality and how you think as a person who, as like, as who you are, like, how do you think, if that makes any sense at all, <laughs> like, just basically when you, when you're faced with something tough, it's, it's easier to just run to someone like a, a, your best friend and getting them to tell you what to do, but really you should look within yourself. So don't follow the crowd. Um, that applies to, you know, advice that also applies to what you're wearing. It's so important to just find your own individuality. Number eight, try to love with what you're born with. Oh, this is so good. Um, I really love this lesson because um, for so long since I was a teenager to, I guess, like when I started wearing makeup, I struggled with the fact that I looked so different to a lot of the girls that I went to high school with. So my ethnicity background or my ethnic background, uh, my parents are from Vietnam. And um, for so long when I was a teenager, I always envied the girls in my grade who had eyelids because I have monolid um monolid eyes so if you don't know what that is I definitely recommend to um google that but it's really hard for me to do eye makeup so this is kind of going into a bit of a makeup and beauty territory but I always was so insecure with my eyes and I wish that I had you know almond eyes um just like western people just because I thought it just looked easier. And the other thing as well, I think the reason why I got self-conscious about it is because for a very long time, and it's still very much evident, a lot of like makeup and beauty brands only represent the one type of person. So growing up, I never had someone that looked like me getting represented in the media. And I live in Australia. So, you know, if I lived in Asia, probably my, the way I thought about myself would be different. Like I would feel that I would look normal, I guess, but I live in Australia where there is a lot of multiculturalism, but you know, my culture just doesn't get represented very well in the beauty and fashion industry, especially. So, um, I always thought to look normal, you had to have lids. And there was a time when I was right, I think about 1920, where I was thinking about getting monolid surgery, um, sorry, eyelid surgery, which is a very common thing in in Asia, especially in Korea, um, in Vietnam, I'm pretty sure China as well. So I was really um, thinking about doing that so that it could would be easier to, you know, do my makeup. But I think when I started playing with makeup after I turned 20 and I got really into it at the start, I realized that I just kind of got used to doing my own makeup and I started practicing and now I actually am not secure about insecure about my eyes anymore I actually find that it's a very unique feature about me and I that's I think in terms of my physical attributes I do love my eyes 
Number nine, um, being ethnic is awesome and representation is important. So this is just more about me personally being proud about my culture, ethnicity and being where I'm from. I would say that, you know, being born and raised in um, Australia, I was, you know, raised around a lot of Australian people, like white Australians. Um, For a while, I did, like, especially in high school, I did wish that I didn't have an Asian background because I just always felt different to all the other girls. And I felt that I had trouble with a lot of other girls from my school, not my friends, but some some of the girls in my grade just because of my cultural background and it's got nothing it's not really their fault it's probably more ignorance than anything um especially if you're not used to other people I guess and that's totally fine um but growing up it was a bit hard for me to kind of get used to the fact that I look different to other girls or people and um I would try to be more Australian I guess I would try to be more white than Asian um and I guess it's only now that you know, I do struggle with that identity sometimes because a lot of my friends, um, you know, when we talk about this, they always say you are so much more wider than you are Asian. And I would, I would agree as well. Like a lot of the things the, the, about who I am, I, I wouldn't say I'm very traditional in sense of my Asian side, I guess. I'm, I definitely am more Australian, but what is the, the definition of being Australian? You know, there is really no one definition. This country is so multicultural. And when I go home to visit my family in Vietnam, I definitely see that there isn't like a lot of differences with the way I look with them, but there is a lot of cultural dis- differences. And it's just basically because I've been raised differently to them. Number 10, live with no regrets. Um, this one, I, I've been, I definitely live by this. Every single thing that's ever happened, every mistake I've ever made, you know, I don't regret because I'm pretty sure if I didn't do any of those things, it would have not brought me to this moment right here. There's been times where, you know, it's, it's really weird. Like my mind works so strangely, but there'll be times where I will like sit down and I will just remember something I said and then I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? But then, then I'll be like, look, it's totally fine. You've said it. It's been done. You just have to learn from it. And I think that's, that's why I live with no regrets because any mistake I do or any triumph I, I have or anything that happens, it's a lesson learned or a, something to reflect on, on something that I can do better. And I think that's why it's so important to live with no regrets because if you keep regretting things that you've done in the past or things that have happened, it's going to turn into resentment and that's not really good energy to have within yourself. Okay, number 11, treat others how you would like to be treated. So growing up, I was a very, very open, I still feel like I am open now at times, but I was a very open, kind and um, very compassionate person. I still am and that's probably because of my personality type. So I'm an ENFJ, which means we believe in people. So I tend to, you know, treat others with a lot of kindness and compassion because I think that's what I'm going to get in return obviously sometimes that's not the case but I still feel like it's really important to um to treat others the right way because you know at the end of the day if they treated you the wrong way that's on them not on you because you've actually treated them the right way you haven't actually done anything nasty to them so there's nothing for you to answer to because you've done the right thing 
I hope I explained that right. But I always, that's, that's what I live by. <laughs> um, number 12, take care of yourself. Health is important. Okay, so this one's such a big one because I only just got into um, working out and like fitness and wellness in the last two years. Um, it did come out of like a really, that sort of influence came out of like my bad breakup, but it was a good influence, to be honest. It was a good positive thing that came out of something so painful. But um, ever since I started going to the gym very frequently, so I, t- I tend to, I actually work out, I actually work out six days a week because five days I'm at the gym and then one day I do like a really fun activity like dancing or I go on a hike or something. But it's really changed my life because, you know, I deal with anxiety and it really helps with my mind. So I don't actually work out to get like a mad body. I work out for my mind. I work out for like the physical benefits, I guess, in terms of your health, like just being healthy. And it really is important. Like it's only now that I have really taken my health very seriously. I have other things that I have to deal with. Like I have psoriasis as well, which is, is, which is a condition I've been dealing with like pretty much my entire life. And, um, it's only this year that I'm like, look, I've got to take control of this because, you know, I've been frustrated with the fact that I still can't find a treatment for my skin condition but I think working out really helps because with my skin condition this is kind of going a bit different one but it all links with my skin condition it actually gets really worse when I stress but when I stress I do something active to try and just like blow off steam get those endorphins running out and um and I have been going to the gym very consistently five days a week at least for two years and it's it's really helped and it's really changed my life and the reason why um this lesson is called take care of yourself health is important is because if you don't take care of yourself first you're not going to be the best person in the other parts of your life that's something that I've learned as well you know this is where where it comes back to self-care and um making sure that you take care of yourself um so that you recharge yourself to be you know, the best and 100% in your other parts of your life. Number 13, you don't need to justify your own beliefs or feelings. This is definitely self-explanatory. I feel like I've said a lot of things. I felt a lot of things. And sometimes at the end of the day, you really don't need to justify it. Like as long as if, if you really believe in it and it's your own, you know, your own thoughts and you stick by them and you believe in yourself, you don't need to justify it. Okay, I think we're almost halfway, guys. (laughs) Sorry if it's taking so long, but these are really good lessons that I'm sharing and I hope you guys are enjoying the episode so far. So let's get back into it. Um, Number 14, validation comes from within. So this is a lesson that I've recently learned, but I'm still, you know, learning about. Um, I've, I've always dealt with, you know, struggling with this, but... I've always, um, I think from when I was about 18, when I was, uh, this is getting pretty deep, but when I was, when I turned 18 and when I realized that I could date, um, date guys, um, this is where I became, uh, really kind of reliant on getting validation from other people. But I, I did this as well. I've just realized I've done this as well in my teenage years, like getting validation from other people. But this is something that I've dealt with um, pretty much my whole entire life because I didn't have security growing up in in a sense like from my family situation. So I always would outsource my happiness and my validation to other people. But it's only now that I've realized from what I've been through 
recently that it really just comes from within. You cannot get validation from other people because the thing is, I think the reason why you can't is because how they validate you is going to be different to how you see yourself. You know what I mean? Like you will have different ways of interpreting the way you look, the way you feel, the way you think about things, and it's not going to be the same with them. So there's no point in getting validation from other people. Number 15, it's okay to get rid of toxic people out of your life. This one's such a big one because I've unfortunately had to cut some people out of my life last year. I was hanging around a few people that I felt I thought were my friends, but at the end of the day, I felt like I was just kind of in a group full of like superficial people and I started going out with them a lot and then I kind of realized like I wonder if like if I was in a lot of trouble would they drop their shit and actually come and help me like if I was in really serious trouble would they and it came to the conclusion that it was a no and I realized as well every time I hung out with these people we would just always talk about other people bitching about other people even people I didn't even know just talking about a lot of shit and it was just superficial superficial shit and I just felt like this is really not bringing any value to my life and it came to a point where also I, I spoke out about something um, I was really honest about the way um, I felt and it got backfired on me and so I felt like look I feel like my opinion is not being heard I feel like this relationship is toxic so uh, gradually I kind of just stopped talking to them they're not in my life anymore and it's okay. And sometimes like you have to get rid of toxic people out of your life because if they're not bringing value to you, why are they there? Like think of it this way. And I just read this in um, Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules of Life. Would you, if you have a friend, would you introduce them to another friend? And if not, why, why are they your friend? Like if you wouldn't recommend another friend to this particular friend, why are they in your life? Because clearly there is something that you don't like about them. And I found that lesson was really important. Okay, number 16, people who hurt you, they're hurting inside too. So I guess like this one, I think it's really true though. You know, a lot of, there aren't people out there, I don't know, unless they're like truly evil, most of the time when you do hurtful things, it's because there's something happening inside of you that's, you know, that there's something, there's something going on inside of you that you're hurting about and that's why you're sort of, um, doing those sorts of actions or you're saying those things um it's it's not to say that if people have hurt you it's something that you must forgive them about if it's something that you can't forgive them for then that's okay but just understanding and just empathizing with them that the reason why they've done it has nothing to do with you and pretty probably most of the time something to do with themselves will really help you sort of kind of put things into perspective and not um take it so personally 17 endings have beginnings so this has been such a prominent theme in my life. I've had a lot of endings in like, I would say since like, I think Christmas or even before Christmas, I've had a lot of endings because it's just the way life is, you know, you're never going to have a time where things are going to be the same. Life is, is not just a straight line. It's, it's always going to go up and down. And I have found that with every ending that I've ever experienced, there is a beginning to it even if it's not a positive beginning it might be a really hard beginning I always found that there's something new at the end of that ending um when I started thinking like that like when I changed my mindset about that 
it gave me a lot of hope that, you know, things are moving forward. Um, so yeah, I really do believe that endings have beginnings. Number 18, failure is not bad. Oh boy, I've had a lot of failure in my life. I actually, in uni, in my last year of uni, I failed, I failed this finance subject three times, guys, three times. So I had to attempt this subject three times. Um, and I failed other subjects as well. And it's not a bad thing. It just means that um, perhaps you need to go back to square one to really figure out what you need to work on. And it's not even just about, you know, failing a uni subject. It can be work. I've definitely been on a performance review at work before. To me, that was a very big failure for me because, you know, thinking that you've gone along for so long doing a great job and, you know, there is someone there that believes that you could do a better job. You really have to try and think of it as a way of improving yourself. Um, it, it's easier said than done, but failure is not a bad thing. It just means there's something from you for you to learn from, basically. Um, number 19, all things are temporary. Things always change and feelings too. How you feel now is going to change in six months time. Oh my God, this one is so, so true. Um, I really believe things are all temporary and that's why you have to be very grateful for what you have because that's going to be very consistent. That's going to help you kind of get through these sort of things that change a lot. Um, I have been, I've I've been in therapy for quite a few number of years now and um, my therapist actually shared with me that, you know, thoughts are always temporary, feelings are always temporary because they just come and go. And it's the same thing with things that happen in your life, you know, the job you're in now. I mean, unless you're going to plan to stay in it for 30 years, it's going to come to an end at some point. Um, even anything as small as something, a song that you like there's going to be a day where you stop listening to it because you don't like it anymore or you just stop listening to it. Like things are so temporary, things are always changing. And until you actually accept that, then you can really get through them. Um, for, for me personally, I don't deal well with change. Like if I'm in a comfort zone and then I get like ripped out of it for any reason at all, I, my anxiety just goes, it just, it just goes through the roof. Like I really don't like change, but it's something that I have had to begin to accept um, so that I can actually move forward and, and deal with it and sort of take control of the fact that, well, you can't take control of change, but you can sort of take control of how you react to it, I guess. Number 20, compassion is important to understand others. So I think number 16, I said, uh, people who hurt you, they're hurting inside too. Until, you know, you start feeling those feelings of compassion for someone that has hurt you or misunderstood you or something, it actually helps you sort of, um, deal, deal with that situation. Of course, like when someone hurts you, you, you're going to feel hurt. You're going to feel upset and angry and you should be, it's okay to feel those things. But I try to always take that route of the end goal to feel compassion for them. Um, because it's kind of like the only way well, for me, I believe it's kind of like the only way to, to kind of say to yourself, like, you know, when bad things happen like that, um, just trying to understand why they've done it, even though it's not like, it's not fair to you. It just helps you just sort of think, okay, maybe it has nothing to do with me. Maybe there's something I could have done better. And when you are compassionate, it's just, it's easier to understand why they've done it and then you can move on. 
Number 21, take responsibility of your mistakes and own them. So I think at the, the very beginning of this podcast, I did explain that I made a mistake at work recently. Um, I sent an email with the wrong information to a client um, and uh, it's really important to own your mistakes. If you don't take responsibility for your mistakes, you're never going to really learn from them. And it's just poor form. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but I've met people where they just don't take responsibility for their actions. And it just, you don't grow. Like you really don't grow as a person. You just, you just stay stagnant until you actually, you know, take responsibility of the the awful things or the bad things you do. You need to own them because then it shows courage. You know, it shows strength that you are willing to turn your, like turn it around and do better. And that's what's more important. People aren't going to like, or the most compassionate people aren't going to focus on your mistakes. They're going to actually respect you for owning those mistakes and growing from them because you're trying to change them. Number 22, constructive criticism helps you grow, not put you down. Okay, for my work colleagues out there, you know what I'm talking about because you know that in previous times, I've definitely not taken constructive criticism well. And I admit that I hate being called something that I've done something wrong I've made a mistake because it's my own insecurity because I get embarrassed that I've done them and it's my insecurity that I am hard on myself like when I've been given constructive criticism I get angry but I'm not angry at them and I'm actually angry at myself for not doing it right in the first place so I am quite hard on myself and um that's why it comes across people thinking, oh, she's actually really mad at me for giving her criticism when it's supposed to help her. But uh, most recently, I've tried to take a different approach when I get given constructive criticism in any part of my life. I just try to listen first and then I say, okay, this is what I'm going to try and do to fix this. What do you think? And let's just move on amicably. (laughs) So it's still something I'm learning and you know, I need to change my mindset in the sense that it's supposed to help you kind of improve on what you're doing rather than like putting you down. But on the flip side of this, it is also how you give constructive criticism. There is a right way of doing it and then there's a wrong way of doing it. And there needs to be a way to do it where you do not come off too harsh at first or embarrass the other person because you know not no one really likes being told like, oh, this is really shit, you can do better or you did this wrong, you're supposed to do it this way. Like no one feels great when you hear that coming out of someone else's, um, you know, someone else's mouth. So there is a right way of doing it and there's a wrong way of doing it. Number 23, family is consistent. So I have really kind of leaned on my family very recently and it's because I've kind of realized now, it's taken me a while, that they're always going to be there for me. And you definitely don't choose your family, but I really want to work on the relationships I have in my own family. And this is because I've always kind of felt like I've never been really close with any of my family members just because I think it's just because of the upbringing. Like, I don't know, for any of my like Asian Asian brothers and sisters out there, like, you know, we're so used to having emotions not really being shown in public because it's not seen I guess it's seen as a weakness but also it's just like it's it's just really uncomfortable to talk about your feelings and in my family I always want to talk about my feelings but no one else seems to want to because it's just too uncomfortable but I really kind of like there's nothing I can do about that but what I want to do now is just spend a lot of time with them and I realize you know every single week I see them once a week and they're like this consistent thing that's in my life 
I have in my personal life, I have a lot of change. And what I know is comforting is that I get to see my family once a week. So currently I don't live with my mom. I don't live with my brother. Obviously my brother lives with his family, but I am super grateful for when I see them once a week, when we come together for family dinners on Sunday nights, because it's like the one consistent thing that I can look forward to knowing that they're there. And, um, it's only now that I realize that family's consistent. Like you will have relationships that come and go, I guess like friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever, but family's always there. And that gives me a lot of security and hope. Number 24, your past doesn't define you. So <laughs> I feel like a lot of things that I've done always happened to me. I always let it really kind of like consume me. Like, for instance, I guess, like, um, being that really insecure girl in, in my, like, in high school, I always felt like that's what people will always see me as, and that's who I am. I'm that, like, really insecure, embarrassing chick that you went to high school with. But really, like, it really doesn't define you. Things that happen to you do not define who you are. So I honestly feel like who you are is your true self, and that interpretation is based on what you think of yourself not what anyone else thinks of you so any past judgments any past mistakes that you've made any anything that has happened in your past does not define you number 25 you can always start again um yeah I definitely feel like um a lot of people would feel the same way where they feel like they've reached a point in their life and they think it's too late to do something I actually knew someone from um my first my first boyfriend I think it was like his cousin's boyfriend or something he actually decided to start studying as a doctor I might got the story wrong but I'm pretty sure this is the story but he started studying as a doctor at the age of like 31 or something so by the time like I'm pretty sure when you study as a doctor it takes like eight years of study he'll be almost 40 when he's like a full-fledged doctor and let me tell you something there is you can always start something there is never it's never too late to start something if you want if you always wanted to start a hobby if you've always wanted to you know, go travel or something. It's never too late. As long as you're willing to go through the struggles and the challenges, then you can really do anything. Okay. My last lesson for this really long ass podcast episode, number 26, give yourself time to heal. So as mentioned, um, my start of the year was quite rocky. I had the most awful Christmas and New Year's. It was quite lonely for me. And it was a very sad time Um, and it really sucked because it happened during the holidays. Um, But, you know, I've gone through the grief of what's happened. Like, obviously, I won't go into too much detail just because it's still so fresh. But what I can say about it is in the past when I've dealt with things, I've always wanted to, like, hurry up the process of getting over things, whether it be like a relationship breakdown or a failure at work or anything, anything to do with something that I've gone through. I've always like, okay, I need to get over this in like a week. Cause if this doesn't matter to me in five years, why am I dwelling on it? But unfortunately healing and mourning does not work that way. You really need to feel those feelings and I'm still going through it right now. Like I'm still healing from what's happened to me in the holidays and, um, not more so like kind of, uh, in a sense where like, I'm just dealing with the fact that there's a lot of change in my life more so than like being single, I guess. Oh, I just realized I just revealed what happened to me over the holidays. But basically like I've, you know, gone through this shit thing 
and I'm actually giving myself time to heal where however long it takes because the thing is it's about me not about other people in my life or that other person I guess um, more specifically it's about I need to take care of myself I need to worry about myself because at the end of the day like if I don't heal from this properly I'm not going to be able to be a hundred percent in other parts of my life like there are so many things I want to do this year and the most important thing that I have to do, like to, to do those things is to take care of myself, to be a hundred percent with myself so that I can be a better friend, that I can be a better daughter, a better sister, and just a better work colleague in general. I need myself, I need to give myself time to heal. So the past, like since I guess the beginning of the year, I've really, really let myself be sad, be angry, be depressed, any feelings, be happy when I have those moments of happiness or joy. And just really, I've tried to be really like self-compassionate to myself because in the past I've given out so much love, so much compassion, so much understanding to other people, but I never give it to myself. And this time, this year, it's my turn to give it to myself. It's kind of like Ariana Grande's um, speech at the Billboard Awards, how she says that she's given so much like love and you know compassion and chances to men in her life, but she never gives it to herself. And I need to do that to me too. So you know, you wouldn't, you, if you see a friend that's going through a shit time, you wouldn't ever say to them, like, get over it. Like you need to just fucking get over it. You would never say that to them. So why would you say it to yourself? That's how I see it. So that brings me to the end of this episode. I'm pretty sure this is a very long one and I'm really sorry if I blab it on, but the lessons that I've, it's 26 is a long list, like to be honest, but I hope you guys enjoyed my first episode The next episode um, will be coming out um, very soon after. We're going to dedicate each episode in in this podcast series a topic of its own. So the next, actually the next episode that I'm thinking about doing is either friendships or endings have beginnings. So they're going to be really interesting um, episodes. Sometimes it's just going to be me talking. Sometimes I'll have a friend on or someone that you may know of and, um, I'm just really excited that I have this out and you guys are going to be subscribing. So yes, don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. So whether you're on an Android phone or an iPhone phone, an iPhone phone phone, (laughs) you can definitely subscribe to my podcast. Don't forget to check me out at my website at notedbeautyblog.com. I have a lot of content there. Um, check out my Instagram page at Noted Beauty Blog. And I also started doing vlogs on my YouTube channel as well. So thank you so much if you have actually reached the end of this podcast. And thank you for subscribing. Um, this is the first episode. I'm so excited. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you guys in my next episode. Bye.